you're listening to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dear Alice. We are talking about a favorite topic today. Yes, we are often known as mix masters at Alice Lane, and we felt like maybe today we should break that down and talk about mixing styles. It's often a most asked question. People feel caught um, about mixing metals, mm-hmm. um, mixing um, different styles, different eras, his taste with her taste, his taste with his taste. Mm-hmm. Um, grown-ups taste with their children's things. There's just always so many things that are going to be in the mix. A lot of opinions. A lot of opinions. Yes. So let's break it down. Should we tell them how to mix styles? Yes, we should. Awesome. So um, we have a question. This is from um, at Eris Empire. Great name, by I the know. way. She's fun. <laughs> I'm going to follow you on Instagram. I want to see what you're <laughs> what you're all about, Eris Empire. She says we're buying an estate, and um, it is the antithesis of my personal style, but it's gorgeous. I'm more of an understated overstated, but the home is more overstated overstated with gold leaf and pillars galore. How can I balance that style and make it more livable without taking away from the stunning craftsmanship? That's such a great, great situation to be in. It really I'm so excited is. for you. Yes. And, and um, kudos on scoring an old estate with fantastic finish work and craftsmanship. I know. Pillars and all the things. I know. Yeah. I don't know when I, you're describing this, I'm thinking of just like, it's obviously an estate, but I'm thinking of like, when you look at like really great design in these New York penthouses to have this historic moldings and a lot of like ornate details and great craftsmanship, but they've all been neutralized. You've kind of, you've kind of Guggenheimed it is what I call it when you kind of paint everything white so you can figure out the form mm. and then start adding layers back into it. And so you get to see the actual sculpture of it all but then you can add your personality back into it. So I don't know if that's an option for you and the other decision makers in the house, Mm, but love that. I would say that that would be something I would absolutely consider is you love the craftsmanship. You love the ornateness of it, but you're understated. So I think again, resetting it a little bit and unifying it with the paint color could be a good way to start. Yeah. Looking at it. I love that. I think some of the more extraordinary interiors that we find ourselves bookmarking are those ultra classical interiors that have been painted out white, but it, they don't flatline because they have beautiful big moldings and carved details and everything else. But you just sort of appreciate their form instead of their texture. Yeah. Well, it's still textural, but it's not so busied with a grain or a wood that might be slightly too red and, you know, filling a little bit heavy or out of fashion. So you're still going to get credit for all that hard work and craftsmanship but you're just neutralizing it so that you can start to add in your effortless look, you know, that understated look that you love, but it will always feel regal and well-built. Yeah. And it kind of becomes this like canvas backdrop Mm. for all your other collections that you're going to put on it, be it modern or be it traditional or hopefully a mixture of both. Yeah. Would you say do it to the whole thing? I'm just envisioning this lady's house estate. I'm thinking like library. I like, I think it'd be cool maybe to like leave mm-hmm. some of like the nat, you, you know what I mean? Like how it is like, or would you yeah. say whole house has to be? No, I think that's a good know. point. We did an estate here actually in Alpine. that's about 45,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. And um, they had a two story living room that was more like a ballroom. 
And the, they had Corinthian columns that spanned the whole height of the room. And then there's groin vaults on the ceiling. And at the very top of the Corinthian columns, those um, fern kind of acanthus leaves yeah. were gold leafed, all of them. And it was kind of funny. We were like, it's like a gold crown or a gold tooth or like it has a grill or something. But the homeowner was really young and kind of looks like a rock star moved into this big palace. And in the end, we did say, let's leave the gold leaf Corinthian column tops because it just was like, it just sort of added this over the topness to the room. And um, the punctuation mark. Yeah, totally. Right. And it's, it looks so good and so expensive. And um you know, the room itself is so opulent. It just totally made sense, but it feels high style. Mm -hmm. So I think paying attention um, at Eris Empire to where those gold leaf bits are, you may want to keep some of those depending sure. on how it was done. If it was done in a great way, if it really truly is gold leaf, um, I would, I would investigate um, maybe keeping some, some of that in the mix and getting credit for it. Yeah. And especially I like, if you're, I don't know what your stair railing looks like. Uh -uh. Uh -huh. Iris Empire, but that could be really cool again if you're neutralizing everything and you have this really ornate stair railing and newel posts and everything that could really stand out against this new backdrop. Totally. Yeah, that's a great point. You don't necessarily have to paint that out. In fact, um, I'm trying to remember we did a brownstone in Washington, D.C. that was like a historical one where her her balustrades were awesome and they went all four stories from like basement level mm -hmm. up three stories in the air and you could stand in the middle of the house and see up and see down. And it was this great architectural feature mm -hmm. Were all of those, were those painted out white, all of her balustrades and, and newel posts or were they know. left the original wood tone, dark. but everything else was white. It might've been painted black. Oh, black. I felt like it was contrasting to what was happening yeah. because everywhere else was white. Uh huh. But it was just impressive to just feel that depth uh -huh. on something so architectural. And that spiraling rhythm just continued over and over and over again as it mm -hmm. as it angles up into the space. Yep. Yeah, it's it's so good. Um, so excited for you. I know I am too. I kind of want to go to this estate you're buying. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. So um, it's this, I guess, connects with what we're talking about with mixing styles, because oftentimes you are going to maybe occupy a home that was previously owned by someone else. And so you want to make it your own. And maybe the home leans heavily into a certain era. And those things can always be taken into where you want it to go. And then furnishing, I think, really tells the story of who lives there. Yeah. Again, yeah. it becomes backdrop music yeah. you know, for like these key people on events. They're your furniture and your art. Yeah. So yeah. are there some like, I mean, there's obviously you can go too far, like with, with mixing things or like taking something kind of, and um, I don't know, almost kind of be like sinful, I guess. Uh, do you guys have any of can those? You? I don't know if it can get too sinful. I mean, I, I think <laughs> like to Corey's, to Corey's point, like yeah. I feel like a lot of, if we're working with a couple and there's like a husband and a wife, yeah. let's say the husband, like 99% of the time is going to say, we can't paint it. It's solid wood, mm -hmm. you know? And the wife is like, well, yeah, we got to paint it. I mean, solid wood. Yeah. But it's cherry and it's like orangey red and no, it's a glory for no one, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. So let's paint it. So there is this thing where men feel like they cannot paint wood. Mm -hmm. And the woman oftentimes feels respectful of that, but still is like, I know that I'm, um, this room is never going to meet its potential as long as we're dealing with cherry wood or, or some, you know, mahogany or something that isn't in their vernacular for yeah. what they want for the room. So, yeah, I think that, 
I think that you have to be able to empty the room out mentally, you know, like even like when we're styling with something, we take everything away and then start over. And you almost have to picture that room white and then be like, would I make that decision today? Oh, that's a good, that's Do you know a what way I mean? Good, way to think about it. Yeah. 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 And, and um, can I work with it or how can I work with it? Or is there a portion of this that we could still respect, you know, to Susan's point, like the Newell Post could maybe re- retain some of that old glory. But even if you do paint over like all that cherry paneling in the office, you still have its form. Mm -hmm. You still have that craftsmanship there. Do you know what I mean? So it's not that you've completely like pulled it off the wall. I think there's a lot there that you're still honoring it. You're just giving it a second life. Yeah. Cool. I think too, you have to just consider how do you feel in it right now? Like you walk into the room and it's all cherry. How does it make you feel? Yeah. If it makes you feel good, then there's something to retain on that cherry. Mm-hmm. If it makes you feel, if it feels too dark or heavy or the colors just clashes with like the way you interpret it through your eyes, then it obviously needs to be adjusted. So yeah, how does it make you feel? I think it's always, we're always thinking about the feeling of a room, the soundtrack of the room, mm-hmm. the overall vibe. And so if the overall vibe, the soundtrack is cherry wood, high five. Yeah. You've got something, but <laughs> it might totally. need some adjusting. I like so, that. Yep. Um, mixing styles usually comes into play um, when there are pieces that the homeowner already owns, maybe has inherited, maybe has already purchased. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, or obviously if we're starting a project new, just to add interest, we're going to get things from different eras and times and places. I think you said it, Sue, um, best when you talked about mid-century modern. Oh yeah. I was saying that if you ask... Mostly anybody that we interview, you know, know, that's just trying to explore and figure out what their vibe is. And you're like, what's your style? What are you into? And most, most kids are going to be like, I love mid-century modern, which I think there are really awesome parts of mid-century modern that I think are great. But often when I just go into a home just mid-century, I get bored a little bit and it's totally personal. You might be a purist and that's awesome. But I think as far as mixing styles, if you're listening to this, You like the mix. You Mm -hmm. like that. I think every good interior that we stop on Pinterest or look through a magazine or a great book, will have mixed styles, you know, and mixed opinions and mixed travels. And those are the most interesting. You're mixing scales. You're mixing, you know, mediums and frames. And anyway, they just become the most dynamic. So don't feel bad. Don't think that, oh gosh, I love mid-century modern, but, and my friends are purists. You don't have to be. If you find a great piece, it's going to stand out a lot more amongst other things than it would be amongst a family of mid-century. Yeah, sense. totally. Yeah. They'll all just sort of become beige, you know? Do you guys feel the same way? Like with mid-century, I feel like it's really flat. Like if, if you're looking at a room just of all of it or it feels really underwhelming, do you feel that way about like traditional is it, it like every style kind of needs a little bit, it needs yeah. to be mixed with yeah. something. It needs a slap in the face. Yeah. F it up a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So, yeah. Love that. Yeah, no, For same sure. thing with like traditional, you know, mm-hmm. when you go into an overly traditional home and everything's traditional and traditional, it kind of loses its specialness mm-hmm. because there's nothing standing off of it. Yeah. But then when you throw modern art in there or something like a crazy funky rug underneath these traditional frames, yeah. then that's when you're just like, okay, this has, this has attitude. Yeah. I'm into it. We're, I want to learn more about these people. Mm-hmm. So. It kind of gives the room a pulse too. Absolutely. Don't you think? Yeah, it's a soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a beat. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. And then, and then both pieces on opposing forces get credit for being individuals as opposed to all of them being part of the same whole. Yeah. And there is a coordination to it. Oh too. yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not just like, 
a modern piece, any modern piece with any traditional piece is going to work. Like you're want, you'll kind of want to study it and like look at these environments and see why it is that you're being drawn to these spaces mm-hmm. and, you know, see how you can like achieve that same look. Do you think this is, sorry, I'm asking so many questions, but they're just like, I have a ton. Do you think this is a newer thing? And I'm thinking about this, like, I don't know, like if, when, when I see pictures from the past, like mid-century, for instance, it's solid. It's totally leaned that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even like, even like music, like music right now is like starting to get more eclectic, eclectic. Mm-hmm. There's like hip hop beats and like totally. pop stuff. Or Mashups. Even like, yeah. yeah. So you feel like like mixing styles is a newer thing maybe in the last like 15, 20 years, or has that always been a thing? Or It's a good question. I mean, we've, yeah. we've only, we know from the, you know, the decades that we've worked in, but it does feel newer. Mm. It does feel a little bit more like we're freer to break the rules than ever before. And as I th- think of like the households that I grew up in, um, well, uh, the houses, it was the same I guess, same group of people that raised me the whole time. <laughs> I wasn't passed around from home to home, jungle to jungle. Um, but, you know, like we probably all maybe have experienced more than one home that our homemaker, our family set up for us. But it just seemed like now more than ever, things have become so dynamic by the mix. You know, like Corey, you're a musician, so you brought up music. And I think when we are listening to, um, you know, some genre of music and then in comes something well I mean think about Hamilton for instance right like he's rapping and it's this historical play exactly how incredible is Hamilton Mm -hmm. I mean I I feel like it's breaking all broken all of the rules and it's gotten all this accolade because it came from nowhere and it was nothing like anything else before and because of its um sort of tension between old and new came this extraordinary thing. And I feel like that's what we're trying to do with interiors today is to break the rules, create a tension between old and new. Um, We really kind of fall in that space of transitional interiors, um, which is a combination of traditional and contemporary. And we're somewhere always in the middle of those two. And that's why we're known as mixed masters. We can lean way more contemporary for some clients and we have resources that take us all the way to there and training, or we can lean way more traditional and classical for others, but we find the most extraordinary spaces that get the most likes and accolade and want to be published are the ones that you couldn't have expected these combination of things to come together. There's just way more, I don't know. It's just way more to more conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's you more know. interesting. And I think it's more and real. The story is louder too. Yeah, the story because is louder. you're really representing both sides, you know, him, her, um, whoever happens to live in the room. Yeah. I just think most people don't have the same taste as the other person that they share a life with. And so being able to represent both is magical to them, but it's also magical to the room. Mm-hmm. And it becomes a lot more comfortable, just like Hamilton. I wonder how many people like heard that story for the very first time and remembered it. Yeah. Because the music you totally. know, was something that they could relate to that they were into, right? Yeah. Versus just reading it out of a history book. I bet mm-hmm. they got a lot more from it and yeah. the meaning from the story because of the way it was presented. So same Amen. thing with your houses. I think they've gotten like they're more interesting and they're more comfortable because we're exposed to more. And I think just visually, I feel like design is kind of in a renaissance Mm-hmm. because there's so much coming at us and people are, are seeing things that they've never seen before. And they're like, that's me. <gasps> Finally, I found something that I actually relate to. So that's the cool thing about mixing styles is everybody's having 
this evolution of what their style is, which we're absolutely, yeah, we advocate for every day, all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Incredible. I love that. Um, I also think that it gives people a way to sort of show the personalities of everybody living in the home. And that can even be your children. We talk about that a little bit in a podcast with the family room, like giving a child a shelf in the room or whatnot. Or I think one of, um, one of our favorite furniture vendors is called Oli studio and they have a line of petites. And so they've got this beautiful classical, um, chairs, like mini, um, the 14th. Yeah. Real legs and beautiful little chairs that you could tuck into the room. And so, you know, your little guy or girl can come and toddle on in and sit down and have a place to sit down. And it's so cute. Tiny things are everybody's favorite things in a room. They just have to comment on how cute they are. And the scale just looks so humble and darling in a room. So it's fun to accommodate. And it's fun. We, we are doing this thing on um, Mondays with our team and we're calling it design school where we study a designer. We're listing one space on Monday and this amazing opulent room with lots going on. Every one of us, I think, focused in on this teeny tiny little stool that was nested underneath the cocktail table. And it was just incredible, the power of something small, you know? Mm -hmm. And so mixing that, not everything has to be a big lazy boy. You want to have those little sculptural nuggets that feel found Mm -hmm. tucked in there to make it really a good, cool space. Yeah. And the storytelling of it is just so fun. It was a little footstool that is a turtle and the hump of the turtle was upholstered. And it's just that perfect height that you could like cross your, cross your heels on the foot of this little turtle. But also you could see like a little toddler coming in and straddling the thing and sitting down on it and thinking he has a seat in the room. So yeah, it definitely gives the space some interest and talking points and accommodates all creatures great and small. Yeah. And I think in like with that and with like mixing styles and periods, I think it's something that people, again, it's easy to say, um, mid-century because that's what people see like on an everyday scale like you see it at West Elm really cool some really cool pieces are mid-century but I think you should study furniture styles I think everyone should just like take a quick course in a book or just search online about different furniture styles and see which ones you're drawn to or which frames you like if you're if you like French style the Louis the 16th or if you like Rococo or if you like the period after Victorian or whatever it is or if you're super modern then that's fine but I feel like there's something good that came out of every furniture style Mm -hmm. that can be put into the mix. Totally. And then you can mix those styles that you're loving, you know, whatever it may be. Um, I know some of my favorite, um, oh, hotel chain right now is, what's it called? They take old, beautiful landmarks and they turn them into these boutique hotels. Um, We stayed in one, Sue and I did in North Carolina, best. And, um, it was actually a model of the old, um, empire state building. It was the first, um, sort of smaller trial of it. And the whole building is stainless steel, as you know, and it's art deco. It's incredible. And then they came in and made these beautiful sort of traditional rooms out of this art deco space. And the mix of the two is just so good. It's so handsome and so charming. And everywhere you look, you're like, oh, I need to, I need to get a picture of this. You know, (laughs) it's just so remarkable. You want to remark about every moment of it. And every piece kind of feels iconic. And so so that I know people are like, is, is this too much? Is like having this iconic piece with this iconic piece and these crazy uh-huh. forms. It's, it's not like it really becomes interesting. And it's all about how you upholster it and what you put around it that kind of like makes that symphony. 
totally makes it be, you know? Yeah, that's so good. Um, with that, we have another question. This is from at North Logan Realtor. And they said, what style of kitchen table would you use for a traditional house trying to be transitional? I'd like a table that has cleaner and less fussy lines, a style that won't go out too quick. Okay. What would you recommend? We were, kind of, we were talking about this right before we started. And there's something about the table that everybody should know is that you really, you see the top of the table. Often you don't see the sides of it or the base because you have chairs surrounding it. And so I wouldn't worry too much about that. And honestly, we love a round table. So hopefully it's a round table that you need. Um, North Logan Realtor because those are the most comfortable to sit at. And you really, again, you can have a really simple base with a marble top. Mm-hmm. And then your chairs really get the glory, you know, so you can really boast your style, this transitional style in your chairs. And then your table is just kind of accenting that mm-hmm. and can be not traditional. You could do something funky. It could be zinc. It could be marble, whatever you want to be. That could be the attitude. And then your chairs are really going to vibe with that. Totally. Yeah. And a round table is more comfortable, like Suzanne said, because if you're having, if you're sitting down to eat dinner with a lot of other people, you can see everybody at the table and have a better conversation than in a rectangle where you really can't see the people on your right or left. You can only see the people across from you. So this way, everybody is in the same conversation. Like you're all really feeling each other and you're seeing each other's face. It's easier to pass the potatoes and you know, it's just like, it's a better mix. So, and we love getting round shapes in a room because most things end up being squares and rectangles. If you think about it, like, um, your sofa, your cocktail table, your console tables, your kitchen, your Island, you know, all the things are going to surround this table. So it's a really great time to sort of pull in that circular shape just to get another, um, non-directional shape in the room, which feels really good. Yeah. And if you are more transitional, but you live in a traditional house, start getting those pieces that feel like you, that feel a little bit more modern, because again, they're going to shine in this traditional shell even more so than they would in a contemporary space Yeah, because of that juxtaposition. Totally. And if you get a table with a central base, um, like the tulip table or, um, a pedestal base. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It doesn't have legs, which is great because your chairs each have four legs and you're probably going to at least have six chairs around your table. So if my math serves me right, that's 24 legs around the table and you don't really need more legs than that. So you don't necessarily need a a square table with four legs plus 24 more legs. So just give it a rest, get a central base at your table and just focus on the top. Too many legs make room nervous anyway. That's right. Don't make, don't make yourself more nervous. Yeah. Very good. Um, I guess other benefits to mixing styles is that your home isn't going to go out of style. And I think that's the number one question we get all the time or a portion of the question is always, what can I buy that won't go out of style? What can I buy for this that won't go out of style? What can I do for this room that won't go out of style? And so everyone's biggest fear. It is. Yeah. Becoming irrelevant. Yeah. So I think if you're always in the mix, then you're not stuck in one era. You might replace one piece now and every now and again, but truly if you're buying things you love, that you study, that you research, they'll have a story, they'll have a place in your home mm-hmm. and you'll just keep adding to that collection, which will become really, really interesting and it'll feel more like you and the people that live with you. Definitely. And styles are always going to change. Like right now we've talked about it before. Traditional is trending, 
Um, everybody's loving a traditional look. It's funny. Every time we say it. I know it is so funny, but I, you know, one thing that's different, different about traditional this time around than, than the time when, when I was living in my parents' home is, um, the woods, I feel like are lighter and fresher. We went into, uh, Alexa Hampton's, uh, showroom at market at high point and, uh, her dad is the great Mark Hampton who designed the White House and so many really important American um, interiors that are so celebrated today. He's got books out. Alexa, his daughter, who's a little bit older than us, um, she has books out on interior design. But her version of traditional is fresher than her dad's version. And we walked through her showroom. We were like seeing these these silhouettes that we remember and we know and they're traditional, but um, their chair, their legs are painted crisp white, but, and then they're upholstered in like a burgundy velvet. And so it's traditional, but it's a really fresh traditional. Yeah. And I feel like the colors too, they're not as muddy. Yes. They have been before. They're very intentional and they're very pure. Yeah. Um, and it's not they're just as... a little bit more vibrant than, exactly. than the, um, I don't know, the depths and the darks and the, sort of dusty undertones that they used to be. So hers had a little bit more vibrancy to them, totally, which is super fun. So if you are stuck in an era and you're like, but it's solid oak or it's this beautiful traditional thing that's always been in the family, um, you maybe still will love its form if it was just painted like a crisper shade of white and reupholstered in a, in a more beautiful, vibrant shade of velvet instead of that, you know, dusty old olive kind of um, velvet you know, maybe take it to Chartreuse or Kelly Green or something like that. So there's a fresh way to do traditional and still honor those frames. Yeah. And that's another way of mixing styles. Yep. Yeah. Just Preach. dressing it different. Yep. Yeah. So good. Putting something modern next to it will just make it that much better. Yeah, totally. You know, I, I think one of our more. favorite tricks is the, and we'll often explain to clients this way, is in an entryway um, we'll do like an old traditional chest, but then we're going to put modern art above it to create that tension and make both of them sing. So the traditional chest gets credit for being this beautiful French form. And then the modern art gets to make that piece feel young and stylish. Yep. Yeah. It's so great. Um, or we'll often see a big old gloppy, um, traditional oil painting and then have a really slim modern bench below it in an entryway, which feels very much like an art museum. And the two keep each other current. I know. Think of, think of your house as an art museum. It's, you're curating all these stories and they somehow will go together because you love them. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. That's what we say. Yes. I hope that helps on mixing styles. Keep the questions coming. You can always send those to uh, Dear Alice at... AliceLaneHome.com. Thanks, Corey. We love hearing from you. Um, I hope you guys have an awesome day and we'll see you next time. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. 